today I have a special episode and it's actually not related um, directly to pregnancy in Japan, but more about um, mothers-in-law, Japanese mothers-in-laws, mother-in-laws. <laughs> and therefore I invited again Alice. <laughs> Seems I, li I like to communicate with you, Alice. <laughs> Thank no worries for me. <laughs> Thank you for being my guest again, Alice. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> uh, hi. Um, for those who don't know you yet, um, Alice, you are from Australia. You live yes. uh, in Japan for quite some years, for five, five years. Yes. And you are married to a Japanese man and you have a daughter who is now today one and a half. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And of course, because you have a Japanese husband, you are mom-in-law is Japanese. Yes. Uh, so generally speaking, or before we start, I have to ask you my unconventional question. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's right. So for moms who already have a, well, moms who have a baby, um, what would you consider as a good um, place to go to play um, in Tokyo with a toddler, with a baby of a year and a half, more or less? Yeah, well, I mean, mostly my daughter and I, I'll take her to a park right across from my house, um, Komazawa Park, and um, it's quite big. So we spend quite a lot of time there, but just sort of looking at different parks around your area is always nice to for a bit of a change. And I also take her shopping with me a lot and I put the cart um, down low enough so that she can grab the ingredients that we need and put them in the cart herself, which she really enjoys. And you know, it's better than trying to chase after them inside the shopping center or something. So um, it's actually quite a lot of fun. Yeah, nice. She likes to help you. Huh? And she learns, yeah. uh, she learns uh, to know all the products and vegetables and fruits, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. We need a lemon or we need some natto and she'll go get it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good help. Good. Thank you. Okay, my first question would be, generally, what, how would you describe your relationship with your mother-in-law? Well, before my husband and I got married, she, she and I didn't really speak much at all. Um, her family was quite opposed to our marriage in the beginning, and they really wanted him to marry a Japanese woman. So... Um, Yeah, it took a while for her and I to even be able to communicate well. She wouldn't look me in the eye. Um, but, yeah, once that I've had, like now that I've had a chance to get to know her after we've been married for three years or so now, I think, um, then I've, you know, come to hang out with her more and she's very kind and she offers to help me a lot if needed. So. But you speak very well Japanese. You are a translator, so communication... Language yeah. barrier wasn't there, right? Yes, true, exactly. Yeah. We didn't really have that. Mm. And, but she still, um, before she probably preferred a Japanese woman for her son. And yes. what, why do you think, why was that? Well, um, I believe that she had always obviously had probably the image of her son marrying a Japanese woman because that's what she knew, that's what she did. And, you know, the just um, 
Japan is obviously a very homogenous society. <laughs> so to have somebody else from the outside come into her country and her family um, was probably not something she'd ever considered. And I think she also thought that perhaps having such different cultures might mean that our relationship um, couldn't be as deep or as we couldn't, we wouldn't be able to get through a lot of issues and differences between um, the two cultures of Australian and, and Japanese. So I think that kind of worried her. Um, and that was probably, um, I haven't asked her directly, but that was probably a big factor. Mm. Yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, people usually um, like what they already know, right? And everything yes. what's coming, what's different and what they don't know yet might be a risk or it's maybe also a challenge and... Yeah. Oh. Well, good to, but good to hear it turned out um, well, your marriage to your husband and uh, also the relationship to her. Yeah. And when you um, announced your pregnancy to her, how did she react? Um, she was very happy, but also quite matter of fact. So she sort of was, I, I didn't get the reaction, I suppose, I was expecting. When we told her, she said something along the lines of, well, naturally, I was assuming you would be pregnant soon. And um, and I was so, I was just like, oh, okay. I was a bit taken aback because in Australia, when somebody announces their pregnancy or marriage or any sort of, you know, those big events, but particularly a pregnancy, then, you know, everybody's like, oh my goodness, congratulations. <laughs> and, you know, so I suppose that's what I was expecting. And when it, it didn't come, I was like, oh, shock. <laughs> yeah, shock. <laughs> so she, she did expect after you get married um, that you get pregnant directly probably. Yes, yes. Mm. So I think she was just assuming that, you know, generally as soon as you get married, the next step is to have mm. a baby. And so she would had probably been waiting um, for a while because we didn't get pregnant straight after marriage. It took a while. Yes. Okay. And uh, once you were uh, pregnant, did she give you any particular advice? Um, I probably already ta um, was talking about in other episodes about how different um, just from people you meet outside, you know, they would, for example, um, when you go outside with a newborn baby, they don't want you to go out with a newborn, things like this. And this just for me married to a like a, a german man and having a japanese mother-in-law how what advice give, did she give you yes well um i mean that's very true with the whole not going outside <laughs> with the baby for the first month or something like this They're like yeah. don't leave the house like what really <laughs> why <laughs> yeah i'm gonna take my baby out in fresh air it's yeah. okay <laughs> um You know, so her advice was mainly things like um, having a lot of rest and covering my ankles, which apparently is something Japanese people believe you should do is cover your ankles, keep them warm. Um, and this is because apparently they believe it links to having a difficult labor. Um, so that was that was interesting, something I'd never heard before. <laughs> yes, they told me the same on the birth center. Oh, okay. And then I was uh, pregnant during like like the eighth month was like around April, May. And um, so I asked, but, you know, it's it's getting really hot by now in Tokyo. And so I asked the uh, director midwife, so I still have to cover my ankles. She's like, yeah, cut 
Fick Cutten Socks. <lacht> like, okay. <lacht> Makes no sense to me. <lacht> Yeah. Very Japanese. So did you uh, cover your ankles? <laughs> um, no, I didn't. <laughs> in July and August being pregnant <laughs> in Tokyo. Exactly. No, I didn't at all. And sometimes, you know, I'd go to um, appointments for things and the, the, you know, doctors or nurses or whoever would see that I wasn't covering my ankles and they'd be like, oh you should cover your ankles. And then I was like, yes, I know, I know. Thank you. And then I would leave and not do it. But sometimes, you know, just to prevent being told by everybody to do it, I would just do it before I go into the, the clinic or the hospital mm. or whatever and then take them off as soon as I left. Yeah. <laughs> Did the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, she did tell you, cover ankles, what else? Yes. Oh, so I'm sorry, um, I interrupted. No, not at all. So I um, was I had researched a lot about labor and birth and and everything. And though I knew my mother-in-law obviously had experience because she has three kids, and um, obviously this was my first, so I had never done it before. But um, I had a lot of preferences and things that I believed would make me comfortable. So um, I didn't necessarily take on board all of the advice that she gave me. But, um, you know, thanked her for her advice and, and everything. And then when she wasn't there, I just did what made me comfortable. But um, so she would often tell stories about her difficulties with birth. And she also would go on to raising children, all the difficulties with raising children as well. And um, I think it's just kind of the overall attitude in Japan as well is quite focused on the difficulties and hardships. And they have this attitude of gaman and um, it kind of roughly translates to tolerating or putting up with something. Mm. And so it's, it's sort of like it's not going to be pleasant and they have a bit of a negative view and you just have to deal with it kind of attitude. Of, of raising and children or pregnancy? Of both, both pregnancy both. and birth and raising children. Like obviously they mm. acknowledge that there are good parts of it, but like... You know, any of the difficulties, it's more of like, okay, just gamma and just deal with it and and um, tolerate it, I suppose. So mm. I don't particularly view pregnancy, birth and raising children that way. Um, mine is much more, um, it is, a, there are hard portions of it, but that is part of the experience. And I wanted to experience those things and I quite um, I found it quite exciting and liberating and um, interesting. So anyway, I told her that with the birth process, you know, you, you start talking about it as it leads up to it. And I was telling her that I didn't plan to get an epidural. And her reaction was relieved because she believes that mothers should experience the pain of labor and birth. Mm -hmm. And um, whilst this was not the reason that I chose not to have an epidural, um, you know, it's just that epidurals aren't, aren't readily available in Japan. It's not, it's yeah, not just, like it is in the Western world. Right. Just scheduled and at certain times, not the weekends, not after 5 p.m., right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Most places, it's just like between this hour and this hour. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but I, I think, you know, with everybody likes to give advice and be heard. So, um, we were on the same page, even though our reasons were different. But the fact that, you know, she approved, I guess, is the, 
<laughs> the way it would come across, approved of my decision. Mm -hmm. um, our reasonings were different for that. And my personal reason was um, just because I was curious about it, uh, what it would be like. And I, my belief is that thousands of women have done it without epidurals. Right. So, you know, I, I can too. And, and um, yeah, I just was interested in the process. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Agreed. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's funny how we in our century got kind of caught up with the ideas of uh, epidurals and it worked for, so many thousand of years without right but yeah <clears throat> yeah Lots i mean it's them. been it's good option for a lot of people especially right um, it's a personal choice <clears throat> absolutely yeah and do you know i know you haven't been pregnant in australia but do you know does it is there any difference in what people recommend uh in australia and in japan um, well, yes, like you said, so I've never been pregnant in Australia, mm -hmm. but um, there are the advice that you hear is different. It's nothing to do with covering your ankles or, <laughs> um, you know, restricting activity unless, you know, you specifically need to for a specific reason. But um, I think mostly in Australia and probably other Western countries as well, is that it's commonly advised for pregnant women to take supplements, which doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be... A, any advice in Japan they don't seem to say that very often um, so I wasn't told to take supplements or anything by my doctor but a lot of my friends in Australia are always told to take certain supplements and um, Japan seems to believe that as long as you have a well-rounded nutritious diet then that is all you need um, and there's nothing wrong with that too I think that Japan's natural diet is quite um, well-rounded and healthy um, so that's probably why they're able to do that. Um, but I did decide to take some supplements anyway. Um, I bought mine all online because I couldn't find any Japanese shops. <laughs> so um, I did. And that's probably a, one of the biggest differences between um, advice in Japan and Australia. Mm. Yeah, I mm. find uh, that's something that quite a lot of foreign pregnant women um, face here that... Um, There are no recommendations from the doctors about uh, supplements, right? And uh, yeah. only if you ask them, um, as I was in four different facilities, I asked in four different facilities, what about supplements? And um, mm. I've always said, no, like you said, if you eat uh, well-rounded and you get all your vitamins that you need, uh, or okay, if you really want some, we can sell you some um, or you can take some. But then it's like, what which one should I take I don't know I'm not a doctor <laughs> what is good for me and for my baby <laughs> yeah it's so so I just uh did probably the same thing as you I um I took the recommendation from Germany and got uh, the supplements um, that are sold in Germany do you remember what you took what kind of supplements um I can't remember the brand name I I bought them off iHerb, which mm. is quite yeah. universal, I think, yeah. in the way they do. Um, uh. And it was one that had, I think, most of the the supplement that people tend to focus most on is folate during yeah. pregnancy, which I do think is important. Yeah. So I was just making sure that certain things like folate and magnesium yeah. were, were in there. Um, and, you know, when you get those apps on your phone that tell you the baby's development and what kind of um, vitamins and minerals are necessary for those 
um, stages of development mm. and things. So I was just kind of getting a, a well-rounded supplement for my well-rounded um, <laughs> you know, diet. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, also like in Germany, you have for pregnancy um, different supplements for like the first three months, for the second three, uh, second uh, um, trimester and then for the end of pregnancy. So mm -hmm. it's really different um, to navigate um, the supplements. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but once uh, your daughter Melody was born, how did your mom-in-law, mother-in-law reacted? Um, well, she was in, in Japan, she stayed in the hospital for about a week. So she didn't meet Melody until she was actually about two or three weeks old. So we'd been at home for a, a little while and she was very happy for us. And she often comments now when she sees Melody, how good and well-behaved she is. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, they're only seeing a little snippet of, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, their life, but, um, Yeah, she's she's very happy to come and watch Melody and anytime. So yeah, yeah. I I guess the uh, the well behaved is uh, is it something? Do you think it's something very important here in Japan that kids are I well do. behaved? <laughs> I do in Japan. It seems to be because you know they're in society they're always about being accepted by others and how others view them is quite important to a Japanese person. So they tend to think, you know, a, a child who is well-behaved is a good child because mm. you can take them out in public and, you know, it's it's always worrying mm. about what other people think of you and mm. just making sure that you print, you um, follow the rules of society and things like that. So, mm. um, yeah, to, to me, obviously, I don't think that in Western countries we focus so much on how other people view us, mm. but... Um, Yeah, as long as my daughter is healthy and happy, then <laughs> that's fine by me, whether or not she's, you know, every daughter, oh, not every daughter, every child has their ups and downs. So that's fine. <laughs> I think um, for Germany and I think also other Western countries, the well-behaved is kind of kind of not in style anymore I would say it's more about being an independent thinker I think that's what parents want for their children today huh? so although my my grandparents would like the well-behaved um, but uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's about a balance isn't it you want like as long as you just sort of You want them to be able to do what they want and be who they are, but you also, because, you know, you're the parent, you're the authority person, um, you do teach them certain um, norms, I suppose, that they need to respect mm -hmm. in order to live with other people. Right. Um, Alice, today I would like to ask you one last question. What is your general advice for other foreign, foreigners or who are married to a Japanese? Um, how... What's a good idea to maintain a, a good relationship with a Japanese um, mother-in-law? Um, well, the, the thing I found most helpful was to know where she's coming from. So think of things from her perspective. And most Japanese people of that generation, her generation, um, have a very traditional way of thinking. So I found that acknowledging the way she thinks and thanking her um, you know, when she would say her opinions and advice was, it was important to her. 
um, and just, you know, natural politeness that to something to do. So I think thanking her and then stating, still stating what was important to me. And, you know, then that would be probably the best way to navigate differences is, yeah, thank you and listen, and then do what is right for yourself. So I still do this now when it was, she suggests things. So all through the pregnancy and just after birth and up till now, and I'll continue to do it as Melody grows. Um, so any advice that she has that I don't want, I'll just say, thank you very much. I'll consider it. And then, um, yeah. And anything that she does say that I do want to implement, I'll say, oh, you know, thank you. That's an excellent idea. I will do that. And, you know, a little bit more um, actually showing her that I'm implementing something that she said. Or, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, I always have this um, intercultural trainer glasses because that's my, my, let's say, main profession. And, you know, every country um, has its own way of communication, right? And for in Japan, we know the communication, it's, it's pretty what we call in intercultural communication, we say it's high context. So you need a lot of context and you don't say um, directly your message, right? You, it's more, um, um, yeah, between the lines and um, uh, reading a bit in the air. What What do you think about? Is that how you also communicate with her or how you read her? Or? Yes, that's very true, actually. I think, um, you know, in, in Japanese uh, society, when one Japanese person is, when it's between Japanese people, um, definitely very between the lines communication and also showing respect is a big part of it so um, you know you have certain times where you'll bring you just bring something over to somebody's house never going to the house empty-handed and just things like that so I think any sort of expectations that she has of the meeting the initial um, coming together I will go out of my way sometimes to accommodate her in her Japanese way um, so that when it gets to her hanging out with us and we do things my way because we're in my house or we're with my child, um, then she still feels accepted and that I'm, you know, making an effort to understand her, her side of, you know, her perspective. So, um, yeah, I do feel that it is very much indirect communication saying things in the nicest way possible but also still because I think it's very important that you still just do um, what you believe is best suited to you and your mm -hmm. family and not just doing what they say because they say it because they're older or you know any other reason um, so yeah it's it's just a matter of reading between the lines but also just just straight out saying thank you. You're not Japanese. Like we, you know, the community, I suppose we're talking to, we're not Japanese. So um, she will give a little bit of leeway as well in terms of that. Um, and just, just saying thank you very much. I really appreciate it. That's a wonderful idea. This is what I was thinking. What do you think? And maybe asking her opinion in return um, about something that you've been thinking about is probably a good way to make her feel involved. Mm. Yeah. So you your communication style uh, adjusted a little bit, right? So you are probably not as um, um, direct as in Australia, right? 
yes, the, yes. Over time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. And do you feel like being now five years in Japan, you you got really good in between reading between the lines, what people that you feel uh, if they say something between the lines, you know what they mean that you probably at the beginning didn't understand directly. Yes, I think I'm I'm getting better at it, and um, in in Australia as well. I I wasn't um, I am an introvert, so I'm not you know I've never been the type of person to be um, very forward with what I want or what I think, and so I have even even in Australia I would sometimes read between the lines with what people were saying, but yes, in Japan it takes it to a whole new level. So it's like, oh, okay, wow, this requires a lot more, you know, is that what they really mean? Because sometimes they can, they all say something that's completely different to what they think. And I actually, I just remembered my mother-in-law does frequently, she'll come over for a visit and she'll say things directly to my face, um, not bad or anything, but she'll, we'll have conversations. And I think that went really well. That was wonderful. And she'll go home and then um, an hour later or so, I'll get a really long text message from her um, stating what she actually thinks about the situation. Oh. And um, so it'll, she'll be saying, oh, you know, I was thinking about this and I just wanted to let you know when I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's what she was really thinking. And then, um, you know, so sometimes I still miss it. I don't always understand exactly what she wants to say, um, but she her method is to tell me later, you know, face-to-face -face for Japanese people is a bit overwhelming. So yeah. she often sends it to me in a text. Mm. And um, then I usually, you know, talk to my husband about it and I say, um, this, te this text came from your mother. Um, you know, this is what I think. And then I'll send the, I'll reply, but I'll get my husband to check the text before I send it to make sure I'm not being um, uh, too, you know, rude. I don't want to be rude, but yeah, it is, it is difficult. So if there are some miscommunications, sometimes don't worry about it. Um, it's probably not a big deal, but anytime you're unsure is just thank you. Appreciation. I'll consider it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's so different, right? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, only the simple thing that they Japanese don't say, they don't use the word no, right? Yes, no, no, no. By, by now I understood because like sometimes I ask simple question like, um, like, go, like really simple, like going to a restaurant and asking for a seat for two people, for example. And mm -hmm. they like, if they have a seat for two people, right? <clears throat> a table for two And they would go on and on. And I don't speak very well Japanese. <laughs> and on and on. And I'm like, I, I, well, for me, it's a simple question. And the answer would be very simple. Yes or no. <laughs> But by <laughs> now, I understood if they decline, if they don't have, um, if they want to say no, they just go uh, keep up with some explanation or excuses or something. So I know if it's a really long text, um, then it's no, right? If it's yes, they will just say, like, here, dozo, like, come in. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Mm. Yes, that's exactly, 
it's exactly <laughs> sometimes it can be a bit tiring it's just like can you just yeah. tell me is it yes or no <laughs> yeah. it takes more time huh? <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah for business matters it's a very um it's a huge deal huh? communication yes. <laughs> well alice Thank you so much <laughs> for You're taking welcome. the time. Um, I think you gave us some great advice <laughs> how so. to have a great relationship with mother-in-law and how to deal with the communication. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Bye, Alice. Bye.